You're listening to This Is Ibrox, your Rangers podcast, brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them on 01453 or via email hello at This is Ibrox. Hello and welcome to your second instalment of This Is Ibrox, it's your Rangers women's podcast, fresh on the back of the, the successful initial pod that we had with Nicola Dockery a couple of weeks ago. We're back, they've allowed us to do it again and the club have been really um, helpful in supporting us, we have to say, so thanks again to them from the off. Joining me as per last week, we're joined by Graham Falk and Courtney McKenzie. Hi guys, how are you doing? Graham, you well? Always good. Yeah, always good. Not too bad at all. And, and Courtney, welcome back. We're doing it again. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here buzzing for this one as always. So Graham, before we introduce our, our guest tonight, I have to say uh, you look quite fresh considering your team won a trophy at the weekend. Yeah, um, I was going to say... Well, was it? It was a trophy. Yeah, it was in a way. It was more just winning at Wembley. I think we've never won at Wembley in in my lifetime. But it's it's difficult to get drunk. Um, did you manage? Really celebrate? I did. On I got really, really, really heavily drunk the night beforehand. So I don't know what that says about me. Um, <laughs> and kind of suffered the next day. But I still managed to get a few in here with the dog. But yeah, I'm relatively fresh. I've been renovating the house so that the the paint fumes, I think, have sobered me up ever so slightly. Joking aside, and I, I don't want to get too much into it, but I, from a Sunderland, are a, a big team, big team in that part of the country. I think does does winning a trophy kind of put them back into a, a sort of a track, if you like? Do you think it's very much that? Yeah, it's very much. Um, I think anyone who watches football knows that the spiral we've been on. It's been very much downward. And I think obviously there'll be a lot of Rangers fans who will understand what it's like to kind of have that first trophy and come back up after sort of the recent years um, that we've had with Rangers as well. But yeah, it's it was not so much the trophy itself. It's not the biggest trophy on the planet. It's sponsored by a, a pizza company, for crying out loud. Um, but yeah, just getting getting the first thing on board, getting that Wembley Hedo off our back, not doing a Sunderland and hopefully... Onwards and upwards, and hopefully we'll be winning the Champions League in about five, six years' time. So, Yeah, we'll watch out for that. Um, yeah. Courtney, thanks for joining us again, as I say. Uh, fresh on the back of a, a Conor Goldson article going out on um, our This Is Ibrox pages this week. Great coverage. He's had a cracking season for us this year, hasn't he, so far? Oh, he's been amazing. I think so many people slept on him at first, and obviously didn't think he was worthy of the shirt. And probably quite rightly, didn't he have a a good wee spell for a while, but I think he's been outstanding. It just everything about him has just been so credible this season. Back to the women then. So we're really pleased to say that on the second episode of the pod, um, we're joined by Kirsty Howitt. Kirsty, hi, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? Uh, yep. Thanks very much for having me on. No, uh, you're very watched, welcome. I listened to Nicola's one, so uh, hopefully I can <laughs> follow on and, and be as successful uh, as, as her podcast was. No pressure, eh? I know, yeah. Big bits to fill. <laughs> Indeed. So I think we'll we'll get straight into it. It's, as I say, Scott Patterson. I'll host this for the next hour or so. Graham and Courtney will will fire in with 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 questions as as the time goes by. I think it's it's right that we go to the fact that you guys have returned to to training now. You're you're a week back into training. How's that been? Trying to get back into that routine for you? 
I mean, the legs are uh, feeling it this week, to be honest. But yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, it, it's what we've wanted for so long now. You know, we had such a successful first part of the season, um, and then the break kind of came at a bad time for us, to be honest. Um, yeah. Just because we were we were flying by the end um, of that first seven games. You know, we got that result off Glasgow City. Um, and then the break came and then after that Christmas break we, I think we had four days of training and then we got put into a second lockdown so yeah we've, we've waited a long time um, the full squad have, have been keeping really really fit you know um, sports science have been running us into the ground literally <laughs> um, so everyone's came back in really good shape and everyone's just really buzzing now we've got a friendly on Sunday um, and then our first league game in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, just really looking forward to getting back into games and, and getting hopefully back into winning ways. See, after being away for, for so long, um, it, it must be hard to, to sort of get back into the, the swing of things of just training, knowing that the first competitive game is a good couple of weeks away even now. Um, have you found that you have managed to get back into that routine relatively easily or is it, has it been difficult? Have you, have you found that a bit of a challenge, do you think? Um, well, our running programmes were kind of based on the same training days and me personally, I tried to kind of keep it like really consistent. Um, so I would get up, have my breakfast and I'd go and do my running as if I would get up, have my breakfast, go to training type thing. I do. Um, so just, I think a lot of the girls were the same, just trying to keep into our routine. So when we've came back in, it's been fine. Um, obviously, I've not actually been in for that long, only for a couple of months, like actually in the train centre. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think we've found it too too bad coming back in. It's just mainly uh, the football and minds trying to get them back going, the brain um, switching on, and and yeah, the legs are feeling that a little bit in the hips just from cracking a ball because it's nothing really compares to actually playing games and and training with a football rather than just running and keeping your kind of cardio going. Uh, but no, the sun's helped this week as well, so smells all around really. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing what a bit of sun does. I see you oh. guys on, on Instagram and he's are posting it. He's are quite happy with the sun in the background and, and getting yeah. a run about with the ball at your feet. So it's... Um, it's uh, it, it it's what everyone some, wants really, isn't it? It does, of course what it does. It, it breeds good times. You're absolutely right. What a dream, yeah. as you say. Um, so I think if we... I'm going to rewind it back. 10, 15 years, if you like, let us know how, how football ball came into your life. Who was your, your, your sort of idols, if you like, at the time? How, how did it start for you? Um, so for me, it was just in the back garden um, with my dad kicking a ball about at any opportunity I had. I think I started around three or four. Okay. Um, and then from there, um, my dad took me along to like a mini kickers, SFA mini kickers type thing. Um, and just played all the time whenever I could at school lunchtime scoff my lunch down straight out into the <laughs> playground with all the boys if you were last out you got a rubbish team so it was one of them ones <laughs> um, but yeah and then that group of boys that I went to school with I went to the local boys team a youth team Locker Thistle played with them this same group all the way through until I had to then move on to, to women's football but um, yeah, my dad, my dad pushed me and supported me the full way, to be honest. Um, but in terms of um, inspiring people, Rangers players, obviously, because I'm a big Rangers fan. <laughs> um, back in that era was people like Nacho Novo, um, yeah. Dado Purso, Barry Ferguson, obviously, an unbelievable player. And in terms of women's um, role models, there wasn't that many, to be honest. 
not as many as girls have now. Um, it's really took a massive step, but probably Julie Fleet and I'm sure Nick said the same. That yeah, was the kind of, and my dad would always tell me about her as well. I never really actually got to watch her growing up, um, but my dad would always tell me about her, you know, scoring goals for fun down at Arsenal in Scotland. Um, but yeah, just loved football, played it whenever I could, every second of the day, apart from sitting in the classroom at school. But literally, yeah, just couldn't keep a ball away from me. Just loved it. Graham, it's funny to hear Kirsty refer to, to Julie Fleeting again, as she rightly says, Nicola Doherty um, referred to her as well. Isn't it amazing that one person has has um, influenced two young women at, at an early stage in their life and, and they've went on to do what they're doing now? Yeah, and it's great. And I think it really shows, and, and hopefully you'll probably agree with me here, Kirsty, there's a lot of people who said that, you know, media, the, the Women's World Cup and all that kind of stuff, it was never about like, seeing the quality of it and all that kind of stuff. It was actually just seeing it. And obviously that was someone that you could see an awful lot. And I mean, I did an article the other day for the Scotsman and it was, I think it was the 10 most influential Scottish women in football at the moment. And I had such an abundance of choice. I probably could have done a list of 30. I'm just just a bit lazy. Don't tell the editor that. Um, <laughs> but I think these days it's like you, you could say, like for example, you could speak to a maybe a, a women's footballer in, 10, 15 years time, or even a younger girl now coming through. And it can give you probably 10 players that have influenced them. But there's always those pioneers, isn't there, that have like began at the start. I think Kelly Smith's a big one for a lot of the English girls as well. They'll kind of almost automatically go to her. You'll see some of the younger girls coming through at numerous football clubs, like 18, 19, when we'd be looked to say Jill Scott, Kim Little, those sort of players that have been around mm-hmm. a while, but it's only getting only getting bigger and stronger. And who knows, Kirsty, you might be in ten years' time, you might be the the one that people are mentioning. Yeah, hopefully not. It, it really is. It's like like you said, it's so cliche. But if you can't see someone being being someone that you want to be, do you know what I mean? Like I only could really or really spoke about Julie Fleeton, but now as you say, girls have got so so many especially in Scotland, there's so many girls, you know, that full squad that went to the World Cup. Yeah. You could choose any one of them to be a, to be a role model. Um, it's just amazing. And yeah, if you thinking back 10 years ago, I really didn't think that that would be the case, to be honest, uh, being brutally honest. But yeah, yeah the game in Scotland's t- taking leaps and bounds and it's only going in the right direction. Courtney, yeah. I think it... Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. I was reading the list the other day, talking about you know lists of players and things like that, and it was I think it was the hundred best female footballers in the world, and the amount of Scottish players that were in the top twenties like massive. I think a lot of times people speak yeah. about how good the Scottish men's team is and how good it's been over a long, long time that they're getting to a tournament. Like, look at the women's team as well as you know some of the best players in the world um, over that side. Caroline Weir, I seen the other week, I think for the first time in the flesh and. She was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And like, I think it's nice that, you know, girls build water games now and get, get excited about seeing players, whereas mm-hmm. maybe 10, 15 years ago, unfortunately, because of the lack of media coverage, they probably didn't. Um, now you get excited. Like, you know, I went to see Man City the other week comment on that game and there was Lucy Bronze, there was Caroline Weir, there was Abby Dahlkemper, there was players right across the park that were, you know, worldwide names pretty much, to be honest, and some of them from Scotland. Courtney, we've spoke about it before, indeed, again, when Nicola was on. Um, the, the influence in, in the media, Graham sort of refers to media there, but I think the influence of the media, people like Alex Scott and up here, um, Leanne Crichton, I, I think the, the influence of having these um, ladies in the game and, and 
almost commenting on the and commentating certainly on on the men's game, I think instantly raises the profile because you're you're instantaneously wondering who are these people, what's their background, what have they done, and it just opens up a different avenue of conversation. Definitely, I mean it does start from home. I remember watching, I think was it the Raith Rovers game the other night, and Leanne Crichton was uh, commentating on it, and I remember my dad saying, "Oh, that's that's Leanne Crichton. She plays for City, doesn't she?" And I'm like. My dad, being like an old man, you know, the older generation, maybe wouldn't take so much interest in women's football. But I mean, it's people like my dad and people of like older ages. They're definitely trying, trying to come to terms that women's football is becoming a bigger thing in Scotland, and women are now coming into these roles that predominantly at one point were men's roles. You know, football commentators, and they don't have to just commentate on women's football. They can commentate on men's football as well. And Indeed. I think one day the the gender will be taken out from before the word football. Like I can, it's got to happen. Kirsty, speak to us about the the move to Glasgow City. Tell us how that came about. Who Glasgow City are from? Glasgow City, sorry. We'll do from. Tell us how you got there in the first instance. What to Rangers? No, to Glasgow. So when to you Glasgow went to Glasgow City, City yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got a phone call, or it was actually through a friend, um, just. Scott Booth wanted to chat with me so went met him for a coffee and um, I think at the time I was 18, 19 um, just still at uni um, so I was obviously trying to get my degree finish my degree because that was a big part um, that my family kind of homed in to, to get your education but uh, yeah spoke to Scott and I think mainly it was just obviously they won titles they won trophies they won yeah. cups they were in Champions League and for me it was a step that I, I really wanted to take to, to go and try and challenge myself. I knew that maybe to start with I wouldn't get any game time or very little game time but it was for me to then um, really push myself and learn from the other other experienced players in the team but then try and go and, and push for game time and I think in my first season I did end up actually getting more game time than I thought and I think I scored 20 odd goals and then from there I managed to become a, a regular first team starter and you know Scott was really really good with me and um, he, he being a striker really helped me in terms of yeah. my movement my hold up play my linking play and then he expected a lot and demanded a lot from me in terms of getting on the end of crosses because um, as a striker at City you're expected to score because of the people around you you know you've got a Haley Lauder whipping balls in onto the edge of the you know the six yard box and it's had to happen any day of the week if you get your movement right. Um but yeah just it was just a, a, a random phone call and as I said spoke to a couple of girls that I knew um at City and yeah just was really excited by what he had to, to say to me and what he had to offer and um yeah decided to go and I loved every every second of being at Glasgow City in my two seasons, well two and a half seasons before I came to Rangers. So I'm interested to, I, I hear you um, reference the, the Women's Champions League. So it's obviously across football, big business. Everyone knows mm -hmm. that. Um, how did you find the, the, the step up in quality from where you were maybe in, in Glasgow City terms back then to, to maybe going abroad to, to play in a, in a Champions League tie? Was it a, a huge hike in, in difference of quality? I think once you got to the later stages of the competition, yeah, that step was massive. But... Um, the group stages and the last 32 was kind of in, on par or actually less depending on who you who you got yeah. um, was on par with Scotland but as soon as you you managed to get 
over that last 32 line than the last 16 and last eight, which we, we managed to get to just in the last season there. Uh, yeah, the, the jump was, was massive. You know, we played Barcelona in the last 16, um, my first season. And honestly, <laughs> like... I can't actually explain. They were like whistling on the pitch and we were like, <laughs> what is going on here? Like, this is incredible. Um, they're like whistling to switch them on. We're like, who's whistling? Why is, why the, why is there girls whistling on the pitch? <laughs> like, they're just like, who's class? They were so, so good. And that's when I kind of realised like, yeah, the, the gap between the top team in Scotland and, you know, the top, the second team in Spain is just, yeah. Uh, incredible and then the next season we actually we managed to go one further and get to the last eight and we played um, Wolfsburg <laughs> which again well, I actually didn't get a lot of game time but uh, yeah even just watching from the stand was they're just it's just a, a, a different level um, it's, it's kind of different obviously the men's game I think in terms of physicality and, and speed and stuff they're sometimes able to match but in the women's game, that gap is just so big, and you know it's where you want to be and where you want to, where you aspire to get to. Yeah. Um, and it's great to put yourself out there and challenge yourself against the really, really top players. Uh, but yeah, just the two, the two teams that we played, they, we just couldn't get close to them. We tried every every form of tactic, and we just couldn't. Get close I think. To them. I think from yourself as well, um, from a a purely learning experience. If you were going over there and you thought. Right, I'm maybe we're not maybe going to be successful over here. However, what I can learn in maybe a, a day with, with these guys could could be really invaluable. You might never get the chance to learn that again. Yeah, definitely. If especially looking back on the on the video and the analysis and stuff, like their movement, their sharpness, just everything, um, everything they've done, like moving up as a team, sliding as a team. As soon as they lose the ball, they won it back in numbers. Yeah. threes, fours and that is the step up in, in women's football and especially when you go into the Champions League and I think at Rangers that's ultimately our goal. Uh, there's two places this season as well, there's first and second so that's got to be in our sights and yeah it'll be, hopefully we'll get there and it'll be interesting to see you know how how we cope as a squad um, if we do get into into Europe. Graham it's interesting to hear Kirsty talk about Barcelona there and that that hunting in packs kind of theory. I think one of the things that we we've, we see at Rangers just now throughout the training centre and upwards into the different levels right up to the senior squad is that they are playing a, a certain uniform way, if you like. One of the things that I'm taking from what Kirsty says is almost that the Barcelona women's team was playing in a similar fashion to what guys like Busquets, Iniesta and Xavi were playing back then. I know that's, that's maybe a bit before those days, Kirsty, but I, what my point is that they're, they're playing in a, an absolute identical identity. Yeah, they played like Barcelona, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what was the way that yeah. they play. I think there is like a belief system within a club, though, isn't there? I think, um, like, I've seen Manchester City under-18s, and it was literally like watching a load of, like, mini-me's on the pitch because they're doing the same thing, but it was just, like, they were just much smaller and, and obviously miles younger. Um, one thing I, I did want to ask, Kirsty, when you talked about um, the gap that is is in there between, obviously, the clubs, is it as simple to say that the gap in invest, uh, the gap in quality between clubs like Barcelona and maybe, like, Scottish leagues, English leagues and stuff like that, 
down to, to investment that the clubs put into the women's team? Or do you think it's, it's more than that? Do you think they've started their progression of women's football earlier than maybe clubs in Scotland have or, or the UK have? Uh, yeah, it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest. Obviously, you know, the German league, the Swedish league, I think the Spanish league actually started a little bit later, but um, certainly, like, the German league, they have been, they've been professional for, for a long, long time. Um, and that obviously helps for the big teams to then get more investment, grow as like teams, go and push on in Champions League and get a lot more money to then buy, you know, better players. Same as the men's game, really. But yeah, I think obviously um, in terms of Scotland, there's not a lot of money in Scottish football as a whole. So if you then narrow it down to Scottish women's football, um, again, there's there's really not a lot of money. So, yeah, I think it, will, it, it does kind of come down to investment as well. Um, you know, obviously Rangers, Celtic and City have now, you know, boosted a lot of money into the women's game. So hopefully um, that does start to then grow the game even further in Scotland and, and it maybe pushes more teams to become professional. But, uh, yeah, there's, there definitely is a gap. And I think anyone that says there isn't between, you know, Scottish teams and the big teams in Europe, um, will, will be lying to be honest. <laughs> kind of the um, sort of the progression and stuff starting when it did. Probably something I'd be quite interested in going back to your, your time at Glasgow City. Um, I've spoke to Laura Montgomery a few times, and like I'm always like quite in awe of like how clever she is and how well she speaks. To be completely honest with you, um, how big of a pull was having her at the club as well when you were in Glasgow City, and how much did she teach you just about? you know, making it in the women's game, basically. Yeah, you know, you've, I've seen Laura really grow Glasgow City over the past 10 years or so. Um, and, and she's such an iconic figure for that club and for the women's game and for women's football in Scotland, especially. Um, she really pushes a lot of things in that people don't actually see. You know, she gets a lot of things over the line. But, uh, yeah, you know, my time at Glasgow City probably didn't end the way that I wanted it to end just because I was wanted to get out earlier to go to to go to Rangers and um, I was seemingly in a professional contract and there was a lot of things that I don't really want to get into to be honest but um, yeah Lauren Montgomery is a great person and uh, she's really driven the game um, forward in Scotland that's what I'm going to say about that so, Kirsty, I, I think one of the... Sorry, Courtney, were you going to ask something there? Carry on. I was just going to say there, like, just going back to the, the Champions League and obviously that, that gap between the clubs, like, obviously, Glasgow City and Wolfsburg. But, kind of, in your, like, personal opinion, what do you think it will take for a Scottish club to go ahead and maybe even go into a final? I wouldn't say win it because do I speak too prematurely, but what do you think it will take for a, like, a Scottish club like Rangers or, or Glasgow City to go ahead and even make it to a final? I don't actually know the answer, to be honest. Um, I think the teams like your Leon's, your Wolfsburg's, obviously their budget is like, I'm pretty sure Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg's budget was like bigger than um, just about every Scottish Premier League team, apart from Rangers and Celtic. They had a bigger budget than, say, your Aberdeen, your Hearts, your Hibs. Um, so that kind of puts it into perspective a little bit. Yeah. And um, But yeah, I think... It's probably it probably is just investment, you know. If we can start to win win titles and get into Champions League and get a little bit more money, you know, we will attract bigger players. Um, if we can also keep obviously the core of 
our team to then stick together and really work and, and push to get to the Champions League. I, I, to be honest, I do think we can, we as a team this season could go pretty far in Europe. You know, I would say that we're up there with the Glasgow City teams I've played in the past couple of seasons. And I just think for us at Glasgow City, when we done so well, it was because, yes, we obviously played good football, but we had such a good team, like feeling, team environment. We dug deep, especially in um, our last 32 game where we, oh, sorry, our last 16 game where we took Bromby to penalties and actually went and done it extra time and then won penalties. Our team mentality was incredible. So, um, yeah, I do think, I think that we could, we could definitely go and push, but I, I honestly don't know how we could compete with a Wolfsburg and Leon unless there was a lot in, a lot of investment. It's, it's such a hard question because, yeah, <laughs> I I, actually it's so hard to explain how good they actually are, like genuinely. And that's just being brutally honest. Yeah. Obviously, like Pernilla Harders went to Wolfsburg. Yeah, she's went to Chelsea, yeah. England's best team, one of England's best teams. She's went for one another. She's, she'll be in the Champions League probably for many years to come. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So listen, Kirsty, I want to go back to your, your, so you were at Glasgow City for two and a half years, I think you said, mm-hmm. um, and really successful there, lots of goals, Champions League performances, etc. And two things, Rangers go professional and come knocking on your door. I just wonder what attracted you most, if it was the opportunity to go professional at a good age. Or was it secondly the fact that Rangers came knocking on your door? <laughs> I think I'd be lying if I didn't say it was the fact that Rangers came knocking on my door. To be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when I spoke to my, my I spoke to my agent and um, he he told me that Rangers were looking to speak to me um, and potentially sign me. A, yeah, I was. No I was taken aback, yeah. It was a no-brainer. Um, also, obviously, as you said, you know, the fact that it is fully professional. Um, I was working as a teacher, PE teacher at the time. Right. Um, so I was having to go to work for 8 o'clock, work all day, do after-school clubs, take a snack and eat in the car over to training, get home at 8 and do it all again. Um, but I loved it. Uh, I actually loved every second of it and um, leaving my job was such a hard decision but yeah the fact um, that it was Rangers was amazing absolutely amazing and uh, yeah professional contract is something that I've dreamed of um, since I was since I started playing football I always said when I was younger I wanted to be a footballer but I think everyone says they want to be a footballer when they're growing <laughs> up um, so yeah it was a dream So Graham, I think what Kirsty's kind of piddled around saying is that day jobs that you and I have are absolutely torture, aren't they? I, I, I love my job, I guess, but yes. Oh, of course. Um, at the same time, it's like, I mean, I, I spoke to, to Nicola about this a little bit, and obviously I've seen it at close quarters um, where people are, are playing football voluntarily at the level that I um, you know, cover with, with the club I cover. Um, but I think sometimes people... You know, forget when, unfortunately, when the comparisons do come in, because they do happen. Um, I think people forget how much sacrifice almost every single player's had to make before they even reach professional, if they even do. Um, my question to you, Kirsty, with that would be, 
what difference did you notice in you yourself, both physically and mentally, when you could concentrate solely on football and not have to worry about your job on your nine to five? Yeah, honestly, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, ever since I was at high school, I was doing school training. Then I went to uni, I was doing my uni work and training, and then I was working as a teacher, as I said, and then trying to focus on training. And you know, to be honest, I'll probably will say that my football was. Probably before everything else, to be honest. Absolutely. But I still, I still got my uni degree. I still was successful in my job and stuff. But yeah, just being able to fully focus on football is incredible. It's little things like being able to do my gym sessions three, four times a week, which before I'd come in from work and I'd be like, oh, it's, this is a slog. Like I'd maybe just miss a session out, literally because you know what it's like when you get in from from working you're shattered the last thing you want to do is going to do your strength session um but yeah just little things like getting my nutrition right we get food after straight after training i can come home i can chill i can rest up you know fully recover from a session instead of the next day walking about all day running after everything in the school kids (laughs) balls shuttlecocks whatever you name it I've ran after it um, but yeah honestly it's, it's just little things like like just being able to recover when I come home eating the right things at the right times not having little snacks here or there but um, yeah just being able to fully focus on it is it's honestly something that I've wanted to do for so long and I'm just so glad that I can do it um, and it ranges as a bonus really one thing I quite liked about it as well was probably things I wasn't fully 100% aware of. Yeah, you look at the word professional and you think what that encapsulates, the first thought is the question I probably asked you that, you know, you can actually make money from something that you love doing and not have to worry about the other things you can actually fully mm-hmm. concentrate. But um, Nicola was talking an awful lot about how um, sports science, you touched on off, um, sort of off air before we started recording, and all the other things that Rangers bring. I think what's quite good, it seems like Rangers haven't just gone, right, we're going to have a professional team. They've also given you all the tools that you know you should get as a professional team as well, right from the ground upwards. Um, how much does that help having like everything that you should have as a professional club? Yeah, they've Not done it completely. The they have they've done it properly and what you would expect from a club of Rangers to be honest. But um yeah, literally every single thing that you can imagine, we get it. Um just now it's a little bit different because of COVID and I've not been able to actually fully experience um like sitting in after training and getting your food and stuff because we just take it away to obviously prevent um any form of risk but yeah um every small little detail we've got gps for our training sessions you know that counts our touches our distance our high speed running which then um helps for with the coaches for the next session in terms of load we've got strength individual strength programs from sports science we get our food as i said Kit is endless, which is amazing because <laughs> I'll just be keeping it all. Sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like water bottles. Um, we've got analysis, so every session this week has been videoed, and we get that video sent out to us. Um, and then we do a lot of zooms focusing on things that we've done in training, games, how we can then take it into the next session, how we can, how we can take it into a game, like an actual competitive game. Um, yeah, so honestly, anything that you can imagine, we've probably got it, to be honest, and we're really, really well looked after. And um, Everyone from the boys' coaches, the girls' academy coaches, the security, the dinner, 
um, ladies. Everyone is so welcome, and you don't you don't walk past anyone without saying hi to them. It's just such a good feeling within the the training ground, and um, yeah, it's it's a, an exciting place to be, especially just now. You know, after winning fifty five as well, it's only going up, and hopefully we can add to that this season. So I, I was going to come to you on on that later, but we'll we'll cover it right now. The the current climate, I think, in and around the training centre must be the the atmosphere must be absolutely buzzing every time you're in there. Yeah, as um, there's actually still banners outside the training centre <laughs> saying like fifty five and that honestly, and there's like balloons inside the reception and yeah, <laughs> what a place to be just now. You can actually we are like one side of the training centre and the men are the other side. And today I could actually hear them like all having a joke and a laugh in, in the other side of the training centre. Honestly, the atmosphere just now is, is great. It's such a, a good place to be and um, it just it just spurs us on really. We kind of seen the celebrations of um, winning that 55 and I was jealous. I was like, I want to be at Ibrox, like in the, tra- <laughs> in the change room as if like I'm a part of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I was just like, it made us all so so buzzing um, I actually put a message into our group chat <laughs> it was a bit cringy but I basically said for you that don't know this is what it means to people like this is what it actually means to people so this should like encourage us to then go on and and really go for it this next half of the season so that's a, that's a really good point and I'll come to that now um, how have you found maybe some of the, the, the women that are involved in the setup just now who maybe, and Courtney alluded to this with the, the Nicola Doherty chat, maybe that yeah. not necessarily didn't understand Rangers, but they've now been involved in the last week or so of huge celebrations um, with their 55th World League title. Um, I just wonder how your, your Bala Davies has, has kind of had her eyes open to it. Sonia O'Neill as well. Just wonder how they've looked at it and thought, wow, this is an absolutely massive place that we're playing our trade at right now. Yeah, I mean, if they didn't know that they were at a big club before last week, then I'm sure they certainly do now after <laughs> um, after the other last weekend celebrations. You know, the players turning up to Ibrox with all the fans. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think as soon as you walk through the gates, as Nick actually said, um, it's, it's pretty, um, you can see how big the club is. And I think, the, the girls definitely understand and they have that winning mentality that is expected of you at Rangers. And the recruitment um, from the staff has been really good in terms of that. There's no kind of bad egg in our group as you maybe sometimes have in a team. Yeah. Literally everyone is working towards the same common goal. Everyone wants to win, whether it be a 9-0 or a 1-0. Do you know what I mean? We're there to, to go and win and really push Glasgow City especially for the title and, and try and take it off them. But um, yeah, the the mentality which I was a little bit wary about um, coming in, I wasn't sure how, you know, the girls were because I didn't know many of them. Um, but honestly, we're all heads focused on for for just winning every game, and I've seen that over the past two games that I've been in, and obviously training and stuff. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely know they're at a big club now, anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a, a positive thing, obviously, you're looking back to your, to your league soon and you just get the, the old firm, if you like, coming up the 21st of April. I mean, the, the training centre, when you're training for these sort of games, it must be like, this is your chance to match, you know, our male counterparts and celebrate a title together. I mean, could you imagine the scenes if the Rangers men, obviously they've won theirs, but 
then Rangers women go ahead and bring the title back after so many years of Glasgow City winning it. I mean, I think George Square would be have to be double the size. <laughs> I would be there for both clubs, and I hope everybody else would be there for both clubs as well because it would be well deserved. Yeah, it would be amazing. It really would, and I think now there will be a few eyes on us, to be honest, because um, the men have went and done it, so it's our our time to shine. And that's that's expected of us anyway. You know, the club's invested so much money, and they've, as I said, really done everything properly in terms of professionalism. So for us, the pressure is there to then go and go and win silverware, go and win trophies, go and win titles. Um, and yeah, it probably is from the club a little bit, but we've also put that on ourselves and the coaching staff have put that on us as well, which that's fine. We'll we'll take that and we'll we'll go and we'll go and try and win a league. But uh, yeah, that would be imagine George Square. <laughs> <laughs> as long as there's no COVID, I'll be there. <laughs> Indeed. So listen, we'll bring it into to, to sort of current climate. Season this far, I think, is is fair to say it's been a wee bit stop start for everyone. Um one low in my opinion, was probably the Celtic game, which I think we know about. The 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 high at the other side of that was was the the victory over Glasgow City. In there as well, of course, you've got that hat trick against Motherwell. I, I wonder if you could just maybe speak to us about each of these three and just give us an idea of how you felt on each occasion, Kirsty. Yeah, so the the Celtic game I was actually still at Glasgow City um, at that stage. I didn't manage to to jump over to Rangers until December. Okay. Um, just the start of December, just the way. The contracts worked um, because of COVID, they'd changed and all that. It was a bit complicated. Um, so I was actually at Glasgow City and we'd beat Hibs um, and heard through the grapevine that uh, Rangers had lost against Celtic. Yeah. So we were obviously like, this is a bit awkward because we are going to Rangers, we're at <laughs> Glasgow City, and don't want to seem too uh, disappointed because we just beat Hibs, who were kind of like City's rivals as well. So um, yeah, I was obviously pretty gutted to hear it, and I was spoke to some of the girls that I, I knew, you know, um, people like Nick and stuff that had played in it, and yeah, they were so disappointed by that result. And I'd watched the highlights and stuff as well, and you know, they had some great chances, yeah. Um, but just obviously didn't manage to take them early on, and then you essentially can get punished for that, and that's football. But the girls done great to pick themselves up, and then um, I came in on the Motherwell game, which was the second last game of the season. Um, that was, we were trialists, but, you know, that was kind of my debut. Um, and a dream start for me, I managed to score three goals. Um, and yeah, I was kind of taken aback by it all, to be honest, because um, <laughs> I didn't actually think I would start that game. And I managed to start, play the 90 minutes, well, 90 minutes, I think, um, and then get the hat-trick as well, um, which then took us into the next game against Glasgow City. Which obviously was a bit tasty because we two games before that we were actually playing for Glasgow City, myself, yeah. Rachel McLaughlin and Sam Kerr. <laughs> so it was a little bit um, of an uncomfortable situation to be honest, but um, you know, we just dealt with it professionally and we look, we could look the girls in the eye and we said to them that, you know, we'd done everything we did at Glasgow City and we, we didn't ever kinda take our foot off the gas for the full time that we were there. So yeah. um yeah, to be honest, I didn't think the the five nil was in anyone's dreams. To be honest, yeah. I think we'd have taken we'd have taken out a one nil, um, especially with Glasgow City, you know, having won thirteen in a row beforehand. Um, 
such a, a great experience side. You know, players like Leanne Crichton, Joe Love, Lero, um, Hayley Lauder, unbelievable players. And yeah, to beat them 5 now was a, a dream come true. And it kind of, for the rest of the league and the rest of the season, put a marker out for us. And that's where we want to be every game. Um, that's the standard that we've set now against City. So yeah. can we then go and challenge yourself and and keep that going for the rest of the season? But yeah, I, I dreamed two games for me. And I'm just buzzing to get back to it. To be honest, it's probably fair to say. I think if I think it's fair to say we all hope that that you guys win the league this year. If we if we look back at the end of the season, that Glasgow City tie, I think will be will be quite pivotal on on what you guys do between now and the end of the season. Yeah, definitely. It was, as I said, such a, a kind of talking point within our league. And for us, it was a good talking point. You know, people were like, oh, hold on a minute. This is a Rangers side that are there to, to you know, go and win the league, um, to to really challenge Glasgow City. And they've obviously recruited over Christmas. I think they brought six or seven players in. So it will be interesting to see how they settle in. But for us, we just now want to focus on ourselves, take every game as it comes. Um, it's been a long time coming, and we're just all so excited to get back in. You know, hearts the first game back, get the three points, and then go from there. Just take every game as it comes, to be honest. But yeah, it was such a an unreal game and an unreal feeling to beat Glasgow City. Graham, do you think it's fair to say that that result maybe put the Rangers women's team? on the map a little bit and, and sort of brought them to the to the front of of maybe the, the women's football landscape? Um, without swearing, let's just say I looked at like the, the teams at the start and obviously Glasgow City have dominated for years and then obviously Celtic have gone professional, Rangers have gone professional um, and I thought, well, that that's going to be quite an interesting league that it's probably as competitive as it's ever been. And Celtic, I wanted the Celtic Rangers game, obviously, which was disappointing um, because it was, probably, in my opinion, quite an even game. Obviously, the last minute penalty and stuff like that. Yeah. And you think, you know, how who's going to kick on from here? Is it going to be Celtic are now going to kick on and, and kind of overhaul Glasgow City? Are Glasgow City going to continue? Will Rangers maybe even sadly finish second or third or something like that? And then watching the game, I think it was BBC Albert was on, wasn't it? Is that right, Kirsty? Yeah, BBC yeah, Albert. Albert. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember Ranger TV or, or um, BBC Alba, but you're kind of watching it and you're going, oh, 1-0, all right. All right, hang on, that's three now. Right, uh, right, yeah, that was us on the park like, as well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's how it felt. It's like I did, um, we had, uh, I did a short interview with, with uh, Lizzie afterwards when she won Player of the Month. Yeah. And I think someone said, you know, that game, for the way they put it, and I'm sure you won't agree because you'll want to go a game at a time, but he said, it felt like a changing of the guard. Um, and I'm sure that's what you're aiming for. So I think the fact that that result had people saying things like that shows that it's the right direction that you're going in, basically. Yeah, you know, that's, that's one game, though, to be honest. Um, don't want to get too ahead of, ahead of ourselves when we've still got 14 games to play. We've still to play them twice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, definitely a good start for us and a, a great way to end our season. And as I said, I'd love to have continued on the season at that stage because, uh, yeah, we, we were flying as a team, as a squad, um, staff including, included, sorry. Yeah, we were, we really were 
enjoying playing football and enjoying training and we were all sharp and feeling good but yeah that break kind of came at a bad time but as you said it, a lot of people were, were speaking about that game and I think for us we need to stay grounded um, it's a long season still to play everyone else twice um, so yeah we just need to keep the heads focused <laughs> one game at a time sounds like yeah. Steven Gerrard I was going to say it's going to be one of those situations where it sounds like Gerrard won one game at a time and then Come the day that yeah. he's won the league, you're going to be sliding in, a, in beer across the yeah, earth. Malky Thompson will be down, down the change room. <laughs> I think yeah, it's still until, interesting, until though. Until it's confirmed towards there's no celebrations. <laughs> I, I, I think one of the things I, I think is is quite um, admirable, and I've felt it with Stephen Gerrard probably since the beginning of the year, is um, and, and he uses the word humble a lot, uh, and, and he, he, he spoke... Um, about how humble he's been since since the start of the year, I think, despite us being being so far ahead in the league. Custy, you guys aren't so far ahead in the league, but I think there's an awareness that there is a, a tide change and you are becoming real contenders for the title this season. And I, I, while I, I admire you for trying to keep your sort of self-level and, um, and not get too carried away, I get the impression from you tonight and, and Nicola Doherty a, a fortnight ago, there is a real... Um, there's a belief about what you're doing just now that you're on the cusp of something pretty special. Yeah, there is. There is a belief. You know, we wouldn't we wouldn't all be at this club, and the the club wouldn't have invested so much and brought us in if if we didn't believe that we'd we'd go and really challenge and win the league. Um, it's as I said, such a, an exciting place to be, and the group of players and staff that we have is is really good. Whether you're a starter whether you're on the bench, whether you're injured, it doesn't matter. The full squad are so together. And I think that's such a massive, plays such a massive part. You know, football, your football ability can only really take you so far. Um, and I think Gerard probably says the same, you know, all the all the first team players are, they're such a good close-knit group. And I think that actually showed from the celebrations. But um, I think that, that helps you so much, um, especially to then go and really challenge and push for the league. But, yeah, it's it's exciting. It is. It really is. Um, but yeah, as I said, just try and stay grounded, stay calm. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, get, get carried away. It's okay. Get carried I away. I know. I wish. I wish. I wish. I'd probably get in trouble for getting carried away. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, you, you've already alluded to the fact that the um, the season restarts again, uh, the fourth of April, and and you guys are away at Hearts. Um, you must just be busting at the seams to, to get back into the competitive stuff now. Yeah, honestly, we've waited so long, so, so long since that last Glasgow City game. Um, and I think that little, that um, result really, really made us so hungry to go and, and really push on. So, uh, yeah, we're so excited to get back into competitive football. Hearts away through in Edinburgh. Um, I think Rangers beat them five now or five one before, yep. um, but again they're they're a really sticky side. They're a young side, um, but they've got some really good and uh, ex international youth international players. So um, yeah, we'll we'll just go and we'll play our normal game. But we will expect a tough game. I'm sure they got a one 0 victory against Hibs, um, and so they're no pushover. You know, um, it will be the first game back. We might be a little bit rusty. And we've got a couple of um, friendlies before then. So, yeah, just looking to hit the ground running, really, um, in that first game. And so, so excited to get back into competitive football. 
Courtney, I think for the big picture, it'll just be good to 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 see the women back out playing competitively. And, and we know from from speaking to Kirsty tonight that they're um, they're 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 absolutely ready to go. I know it's obviously must have been difficult for the women's game. They've been in, in lockdown, so people have kind of almost forgotten that there is a women's football league. But I think when they do come back, and you know, hopefully they start piling on the three points, that there will be that belief around people like, oh, Rangers women are doing mad things over there, like on the cusp of winning a league. Like I think the fact that the men have went and won the league, I think so many Rangers supporters who predominantly support the men's team will be like, do you know what? The men's team have already won it. Let's get behind the women's team. Like they need that support as well. And God, like I said, the celebrations would be would be mad. And I think the the, the Rangers support, you know, is easily the best support in the world. I think if just half of the the Rangers men's supporters get behind the women's club, it would be so so beneficial. I mean, it's one of the benefits I think the Rangers women have got against like the other clubs in their league. Just the support that everybody has for Rangers is unbelievable. Yeah, you support Rangers, so. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the badge, it's the club, and yeah. we come under that. So it would be great to to get a little bit more back in, and obviously just now we can't actually have fans in the stadium and stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, just seeing things on social media and yeah, the the club are really good for that. Though to be honest, and um, the men and women's pages both post about us, so that's really good to keep people in the loop. Um, yeah. But yeah, as you say, Courtney, it would be incredible to to get just a, even a fraction. Um, of the the Rangers supporters, definitely. I think um, when she's a back and playing, you know, like you mentioned, the social media pages. I think the Rangers, you know, social media pages will definitely be doing such a massive favour. You know, you guys will be getting results, and you know, it's, I think the last result he's got, they posted it. I think it was a five 0 city, the five 0 city wing he's got, and they posted it. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, in a sense, kind of dreading the comments sometimes because you know what it's like. Just some of them are just you don't want to read them, but it was sensational. Like you could see just lifelong Rangers supporters piling on the support and I was like it's just exactly what they need and you know not a negative comment in sight and that was I think that was a time I realised um, there's definitely a turning point here in women's football especially in Scotland it was just it was class. Kirsty one thing I'm, I'm quite interested in because I know obviously and you've, you've admitted this on the show quite obviously that you're a big Rangers fan Um but of course, you now have an official Rangers shirt, an official Rangers squad number and stuff like that. So I can only imagine what it looks like to see a shirt that you're actually wearing in a professional game. But like you're coming into Rangers, you happen to be standing for Rangers. All of that's happened, it's gone. And then you get your shirt presented. What's that moment like when you see Howard on the back of your shirt? Oh, honestly, like when I was growing up, I used to get Howard on my actual shirt that I bought. Like I was that person that got their age <laughs> and their, their name on the back. I was that person. <laughs> Um, but yeah, honestly, the first thing I'd done was just take a picture and send it to my dad. And he was like, don't send me that. You'll, you'll have me away here. Like, you'll have me crying, basically, was what he replied. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's such a such an amazing feeling. Um, it's, as I said, any Rangers, players, Rangers fans, sorry, dream. You know, I'm at Ibrox every Saturday and all the European games and stuff. But um, to actually live... A lot of people's dreams is, yeah, I actually get, I can't speak about it. <laughs> I get so, like, I'm so well up here, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it's, aye, it's amazing. And to be honest, as I said, when I was growing up, like, I always said, like, I want to be a professional footballer. And then you kind of mature and you realise, oh, wait a minute, like, 
that was everyone's dream. Like you might not actually be able to do this. Like you're a girl. There's not a lot of opportunities. Um, so yeah, to do it at the club that I've supported all my life is amazing. Because like you said before, you're you're home and away, aren't you? I believe you're quite maybe even a, a loud and tavern regular sort of fan. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I've. Uh, I don't really go away games to be honest, but I have been in the Loudon a couple of times just just when there's no games or whatever. But I won't be anymore, definitely not. I'd get my um get wrong my bum smacked for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should have said allegedly after that, Mr. Falk. That's what I I, I did say allegedly just edited in, it's fine. Yeah. That's the thing, like you See, 10 years ago, if you played for Rangers, you'd get away with that. But now, there's no chance. <laughs> no danger. No danger. No danger. So, you won't be seeing me anywhere near there, unfortunately. I'd love to on a match day or on an old firm day, but it won't be happening anymore, unfortunately. Listen, Kirsty, I've really enjoyed you, you, you joining us on, on our, our second pod this week. It's been fascinating to hear some of your tales and your... Your, your passion for what you're doing just now is is really infectious. So I wish you the best for the rest of the season and indeed all the, the ladies for, for whatever happens next. I'm, I'm sure he's will be he's will be very successful whatever happens next over the, the coming months. Thanks very much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully get some of the other girls on and they can share their tales as well. Indeed. Courtney, thanks for having us on. Um, or thanks for coming on rather. We'll, we'll, we'll do it all again Um in a fortnight. Graham, same to yourself. Uh, we need to try and, I don't know, is this the point where we ask Kirsty who we should try and get on next? Or? Yeah. You know what, I've been thinking about this because you put Nick on the spot, so I've been preparing, but we I don't actually know. did put Nick on the spot. Well, I've got, I've got an idea. I've got someone who I want to speak next just purely because of when our next pod will be. So I'll, okay. I'll take that on board and speak to the powers that be and see if we can lock something out. I want Salmon. Salmon would be good. I think I want someone for, for the one single reason that her Nick seemed to visit every coffee shop in the south side oh. of Glasgow, and I want some recommendations here. They've been starting to go West End as well, by the way. They've, they've branched out a little bit. That's <laughs> south, south side loyal here, so I'll not be having any of that. all the time the coffees, I think. You guys must be just high on life all the time. The So I get so stupid. <laughs> Listen, thanks for joining us on This is Ibrox. It's been your women's podcast. It's been Kirsty Howitt, Courtney McKenzie, Graham Falk, and myself, Scott Patterson. We will do it all again in a fortnight. We will look forward to, to the restart of the of the women's season with a visit to the Autumn Center. So join us in if you can. Thanks for watching. Bye bye.